Hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. On today's show, it's just me flying solo today. Lucas is not going to be on the show tonight. I've got control of the ship. We'll see how this goes. I either fly to the promised land of podcast prosperity, or I crash and burn, and I end up on a desert island with a tennis ball, a volleyball, whatever, like Tom Hanks did in Castaway. Who knows? I'll leave it up to you guys to decide. Uh, Given my reactions to the crazy week of NFL action, week two, a lot to talk about there. Going to give my uh, thoughts on what I thought were the big stories of the week. I'm also going to talk about uh, my power rankings for week two. A lot of changes uh, in my top five. And I'm also going to let you guys and gals know what I think are the two games that you need to watch for week three. So... After the guitar riff, I give to you the Couch Potato Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. I'm Russ. Uh, I'm manning the ship on my own this evening. Lucas is out punking a bunch of 11 and 12 year old kids as a soccer referee, bullying them and giving out yellow cards. You know, things a 30 plus year old man does as a soccer official. So just me on my own tonight. I hope uh, you guys and gals listening are uh, on your way to a very awesome weekend coming up. I know the missus and I uh, have big plans. We're hitting up the Louder Than Life Music Festival in Louisville, Kentucky this weekend. Going to cross off a few bands off the old must-see bucket list, uh, including Nine Inch Nails, Tenacious D, and Kiss, who I have never seen before, so I'm super excited about that. A lot of great bands, Red Hot Chili Peppers are performing on Sunday night, Alice in Chains will be there, Rob Zombie, Lamb of God, Slipknot, tons of good stuff. If you're a fan of hard rock and metal, I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, The Danny Wimmer uh, folks, they put on all kinds of festivals across the United States. They do Welcome to Rockville, they do Aftershock, they do Louder Than Life, they do Bourbon and Beyond which I had the pleasure of checking out last weekend. I got to see Pearl Jam, another bucket list band. I got to cross off the old list, so that was pretty awesome. But, uh, you know, I don't really have a a point of reference in terms of the other festivals like Coachella, Bonnaroo, Riot Fest, Lollapalooza, all the great music festivals across the country. But uh, I don't know if anybody, if any of those promoters can really do it as well as Danny Wimmer. I mean... What I really like about those guys is they seem to listen to their fans and they kind of make adjustments on the fly based on that feedback. They're always super heavy on social media. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You got complaints. They hear enough of them. They make sure that they take care of it so uh, it's not an issue for the rest of the weekend. So pretty awesome uh, folks down there. Uh, I think tickets are still available. Uh, I'm just going to be a shill for them on this episode. Uh, Go check them out. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys and gals got uh, some awesome plans this weekend, whether it's going to check out a music festival, going to the movies, or, hey, you're just excited for uh, week three of the NFL season coming up on Sunday, which I am going to give my reactions to uh, the wild week known as week two. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff going down, uh, a lot of stuff to mention. Uh, I've got three stories that I think were the biggest ones of the weekend. Uh, I think the biggest one coming out of week two was obviously the three big comebacks on Sunday. Uh, first off, the Jets 
which I don't know how many of you guys and gals watched that game. Uh, I had red zone going because I play fantasy football like a lot of football fans do. So I was kind of keeping tabs more on the fantasy aspect of uh, week two. But uh, I did go flip it over to check out the remaining like three minutes of that Browns game. Uh, <laughs> Browns fans, I don't know what's going on, but uh, to be up 13 with less than two minutes to go and you let Joe Flacco, who granted is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but that was years ago. He's 37 years old. Uh, let's not mis- uh, kid ourselves and think that the Jets are a playoff contender this year. Obviously not, but uh, you're in cruise control for 90% of that game, dominating them, and then you allow them to score, kick an onside kick, recover said onside kick, and then turn around and score another touchdown to win the game. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, that's a game you have to win if you're them. Uh, the Browns' schedule does not get any easier. Uh, they still – Will not have Deshaun Watson for quite a few weeks yet. He's not coming back until week 12, 13, if I'm not mistaken. I should know that as much as we talked about it here on the show, but uh, I know he's not coming back for a while. They still have games against the Raiders, the Chargers, the uh, Ravens, the Bengals, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Buccaneers all before Deshaun Watson comes back. I mean, theoretically, the way that they're playing, they might be able to pick up a win against the Raiders and the Bengals, but, I mean, the Bills, who are looking like they're just going to run roughshod over the NFL this season, I can't count Tampa Bay, the Dolphins have looked really good. I mean, I don't really see a scenario where the Browns come out of those games when Watson comes back as a playoff contender. I just don't. Sorry, guys, but... When you're blowing uh, leads like that against a team like the Jets, I mean, let's just chalk it up. Play as hard as you can, but uh, better better uh, make a plans for next year. Who might want to start your scouting uh, a little early for the college ranks. Um, the Dolphins, uh, that was a very exciting game too. I was keeping tabs on that on the old red zone. Uh, they were down 21 points in the fourth quarter, uh, came back to beat the Ravens. I don't know, the uh, Ravens' D looked uh, pretty gassed going up against uh, Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I mean, those guys are incredibly fast. I know the Ravens were missing quite a few guys on defense. I believe Marlon Humphrey was out for that game, too, so he's their top uh, cornerback. That's obviously going to hurt. Oh, but Tua. Tua comes out of this game. That's easily the best game Tua's had as a professional. Easily the best game. He looked like a legit NFL quarterback. And it looks like the uh, Mike McDaniel system might be paying dividends. The Dolphins looked scary on Sunday. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I mean, that AFC is still pretty loaded. But the Dolphins are scared. That's going to be a team to watch out for. Uh, they can make some waves. I mean, they're obviously, just from looking, I know we're still in the week two, but I think they're easily the second best team in the East. So watch out, guys. Uh, the Dolphins could be making some waves come late December. The uh, third comeback was the Raiders were up 20 going into the half. Uh, Kyler Murray looked like absolute shit. Uh, uh, Cardinals, they lost James Conner starting running back. They were already without Hopkins. Rondell Moore was out. Didn't look like they were going to pull out a W, and then the Raiders just blew it. They only ha- had the ball 
I think four possessions in the second half and let the Cardinals come back and beat them. Um, still pretty baffled by that, considering you have an offense that has uh, Josh Jacobs, you have Hunter Renfro, you have Darren Waller, and you've got Devontae Adams, who is one of the big, uh, not just for the Raiders, but just in the NFL in general, one of the big acquisitions of the offseason. And they held him to, I believe, four catches for, geez, i got to look up the stats here. But I know he didn't have a very good stat line, which he has not looked very good at all since he's come over. And I don't know if that's more of Josh McDaniels is just not a good coach, which he does have the track record to back that up. But I don't know if it's just him trying to get in sync with the offense, um, whether he's trying to sync it with Derek Carr. Now, I know he said that Derek, he had the pleasure of playing with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Uh, I am as big a fan of Derek Carr as anybody. I think he's a tremendous quarterback. I was actually hoping that the Raiders would have kept him in the offseason because I know his name was getting bandied about trade talks. You know, some of these quarterback needy teams, he was like kind of the backup plan if Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers didn't go anywhere. I think he was the next likely candidate to get shopped around. But the Raiders kept him. They believed him, and they went out and got him some weapons. But uh, let's take a look at his stat line here real quick. But to only give Devontae Adams – he wasn't even the leading receiver on the team that day. He had two catches for 12 yards and a touchdown. Targeted seven times, which was the third most – oh, the, yeah, he was tied for the – no, it was the fourth most. There was uh, Waller and Hollins had eight targets and Renfro had ten. So, I mean, one of the things I think the Raiders got to do is you got to right the ship. You got to get your playmakers involved more. I mean, that's pretty much inexcusable that Devontae Adams only gets two catches. He's got 12 on the season. He's, I mean, he's got a pretty good stat line. He's got 153 yards, 12 catches, and two touchdowns. But, I mean, that's part of the reason why I think they lost on Sunday is – you're not moving the change. You've only got the ball four times in the second half. I think they only got a field goal out of that, too. It's pretty inexcusable. So, I know Raiders fans. Uh, I would be curious to hear what uh, all you guys think about uh, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Ravens, all those teams that uh, are involved in these big games. Uh, personally, I think that the Ravens kind of get a pass for this. I think the Dolphins are a lot better than they may be getting credit for. I know I do a couple of football pools each week. I pick the Ravens to win that game. I was pretty confident in that pick, so it's not like I tossed and turned and it came down to the last minute. I was pretty confident the the Raiders, the Ravens were going to win that game, but uh, I think the Dolphins are for real. I'm willing to give the the Ravens a pass. I mean, they still got Lamar Jackson, who is looking – if we weren't uh, talking about Josh Allen quite a bit, I think uh, Lamar Jackson's got a strong MVP case. I mean, he's proving that he's going to be worth the money that he rightfully deserves. And if Deshaun Watson's getting guaranteed money, I mean, I would feel more comfortable giving that to Lamar Jackson. I know Lucas is not the greatest fan of Lamar Jackson, but I think he's arguably one of the 10 best playmakers in the NFL regardless of position. I think he's probably one of the three or four most important players to his team. I think the Ravens become a completely different team if they lose him, and I think this year he's really – he's trying to get the money. So, yeah, pay the man.
but I think you give the rate the Ravens a pass on this one. I think the Ravens are going to be fine. This isn't one of those catastrophic losses that's really going to be a deal breaker at the end of the year. I mean, they played a good team, a team that's going to be a strong playoff contender. So I think they're fine. I think the Raiders deserve some slack simply because of what I talked about a couple minutes ago about not getting your playmakers involved, letting the Cardinals come back from the dead back into that game, which is kind of inexcusable. But uh, I think the worst of the three uh, choke choke performances, per se, has to be the Browns. Can't let a team like the Jets beat you, especially when you're pretty much counted as being dead. You're not making the playoffs. You had a chance to go 2-0. and Now I think every team in that division – no, yeah, every team in that division except for Cincinnati is – uh, one and one now. He had uh, a chance to take early control of that division, be a little bit more comfortable going into that rough stretch of games. But that Browns, I mean, Stefanski, what's going on, man? Just milk the clock. You've got two tremendous running backs in Chubb and Hunt. Just keep feeding those guys the ball. It could have killed the clock. And I got a feeling that the special teams coach is going to be putting those guys uh, to work a little bit on that onside kick drill. So. Yeah, not a good week for those teams, especially the Browns. Uh, I don't mean to pick on the Browns. I mean, I'm sure Lucas would be much harsher on them if he were on the show. But, yeah, you guys got to win those games. That Sorry. Sorry, Browns fans. That's just shitty, shitty performance on your guys' end. So, good luck the rest of the year. Um, but I was just thinking about uh, the second story here. Uh, I Kind of thought about going with the uh, the Mike Evans, uh, Marshawn Lattimore scuffle in the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, New Orleans game. Uh, just proves those teams hate each other. I don't really think in the grand scheme of things it's going to make much of an impact uh, into the season. Probably forget about it here until they play each other again. I'm sure that will be a big story of the week. But I have a feeling once Mike Evans comes back from suspension, which I – yeah, he – his appeal got denied, and he's suspended for this week. This is as of 9.35 Wednesday night. So, uh, yeah, he's not playing this week. Uh, Buccaneers receiving course pretty depleted. I know they're going to be without uh, Chris Godwin. Nursing, uh, I think he's still coming back from the knee injury or the hamstring, something with his leg. Um, I think Julio Jones has got a questionable tag as well. They went out and signed Cole Beasley to beef up the – Receiving core, uh, I mean, plenty of reason to get Tom Brady back in, into it. He's kind of looked a little disappointing this year, if I have to be truthful. I mean, considering the weapons he's got on that side of the ball between going out and getting Julio Jones, who I think is going to be not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I think he'll get into the Hall of Fame someday. You know, game-changing receiver of this era, especially the – how the game has evolved so much over the last 20 years. As t- basically, he's going to be the number three guy, uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. I mean, you've got tons of weapons on that side of the ball, and, I mean, they haven't looked like the Tampa Bay that I've come to expect, but I think I think you'll eventually get it together. But, man, that's going to be a tough, tough receiving core to deal with when all those guys are healthier. Fourth guy is Cole Beasley. Man, I I – I really hope you guys got a game plan for that come uh, November and December. But um, 
I opted to go with a um, couple teams that had high playoff aspirations going into the season. I have not looked very good coming in this year. I know I talked about the Raiders a little bit ago, 0-2. I think they still got time to right the ship, although playing in that AFC West is going to be much tougher for them. Uh, you dig yourself in too much more of a hole. I You might as well just kiss the playoffs goodbye for them right now. But uh, I think the most disappointing team in the NFL so far, at least these are the two for me, uh, first off is the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Carson Wentz got a lot of the blame for them missing the playoffs last year. They went into Jacksonville the last week of the season. All they had to do was beat the Jaguars, who were being coached by an interim coach at the point. At that point, they had shit-canned Urban Meyer, rightfully so by then. Uh, should have won that game. Should have gotten the playoffs. They missed. Carson got a lot of the blame, especially from Jim Irsay. So they went out and got Matt Ryan after – Atlanta basically said that they wanted uh, Deshaun Watson, and then once they didn't get him, it kind of soured that relationship. So they went out and got Matt Ryan, proven NFL vet, former MVP. I I wouldn't call him a Hall of Famer. I'd be shocked if he gets in, but, I mean, he's been a damn good quarterback over his career. And you turn around and lay a, a dud in Jacksonville again. Interesting stat that is the eighth straight game Indy has lost in Jacksonville. And I remember the days when Jacksonville used to be a perennial playoff contender when they had Mark Brunell, who's now the quarterback's coach for the Detroit Lions. Check out Hard Knocks if you haven't done that yet. Awesome football series. I think I've spoken quite highly of Dan Campbell on this program. But uh, eighth straight game. They've lost to the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Now, I granted, they were without Michael Pittman, who is their top receiving threat. They were also without Adam Pierce, the rookie out of Cincinnati, who I think they've got big plans for this year. But, I mean, you still got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. Still got some decent uh, receiving weapons to utilize. And you're playing the Jaguars. And to lay a dud... Like that, and then the week before, you go and you have to come back to take the game to overtime just to tie the Texans. Who, let's be real, gang, the Texans are not going to scare anybody this year either. Uh, I've spoken on the show how I think Lovey, I think, is a good coach. He just kind of gets saddled with like shitty rosters a lot. Um, but these are two games you should have won. The Colts should easily be two and zero. They should be the the leaders of that division, but instead. They're 0-1-1. And I am beginning to think that that division is looking more and more like it's going to be the worst division in football. Titans have not looked very good. It looks like they're really missing A.J. Brown at the moment. They, the Colts obviously look horrible. They should easily be 2-0. You had essentially the punching bags of the division as your first two games. They failed to capitalize on that. The Jaguars are going to be the Jaguars, and the Texans are going to be the Texans. I I can easily see that being a winner, being like an eight and nine or a seven and ten team, winning that division. It seems like nobody wants to win it right now. I mean, it's looking like you know they'd still probably be one of the better conferences in the NFC, but yeah, Colts are looking bad. 
But I think the most disappointing team in the NFL right now has got to be the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, Super Bowl darling. Everybody was, I know, at least in the great state of Ohio. Uh, it was Bengal mania during the playoffs. Everybody fell in love with the team. Uh, a lot of people had high hopes of them going into this season. Me being one of them, I thought they were going to make a deep run. I think I even predicted them to play in the AFC title game this year. I had them losing in that, but I thought that they had the potential to get that far. They needed, they've seen what they needed to do in the offseason. They beefed up the offensive line, which was a big headache this year. And now it looks like the offensive line this year is worse than they are last year. I didn't see the actual stat, but I know Burrow right now is on pace to get sacked more this year than he was last year. And this is with, gosh, 30 or $40 million tied up on free agent acquisitions along the line. Lines looked absolutely horrible. Um, granted, now they're going up against T.J. Watt, the reigning defensive player of the year. Uh, then they had Micah Parsons to deal with this past week. Rookie of the year. That dude is an absolute game wrecker. Hey, I get it. You got to plan for those guys, but Burrow getting sacked that many times. I think the stat, I, I looked it up here. My phone shut off on me, of course. Burrow has been sacked 13 times in two games. So the Cowboys got him for six in week two. Steelers got him for seven in week one. Um, that's another team. Uh, if they don't dig themselves out of this hole and they don't get out of the, the hole in a hurry, they're not making the playoffs. Um, I think they benefited somewhat last year for having a much easier schedule than they are this year. I know they got some teams that are going to be a little bit tougher than last year. I think you can still write the ship because, I mean, the Steelers have not looked great. Defenses look solid. Offense, I mean, it looks like it's been a slight improvement over uh, – Big Ben last year, but it's not a huge improvement. I thought for sure Trubisky was going to make that team much better simply because Ben had been shot for like two years and should have retired two years ago. And I thought he was going to be an instant upgrade. So we might be seeing Kenny Pickett behind center before long. But uh, the Browns, obviously, they've got their own issues. I talked about that earlier. I mean, you still have a chance. But you keep losing these games, and, I mean, I think they still have the Dolphins coming up. I think they have a – I know they play the Bills towards the end of the year. I only know that because my son and I discussed going to that game, but he goes back to school that day after, and it's in Cincinnati, and it's going to be super cold on a Monday night. So opted not to go to that one. Plus, it's probably sold out. But, yeah, the Bengals uh, – they have uh, the Dolphins on their schedule. They have two games with the Ravens. They play the Saints. They get the Steelers again. They got the Chiefs again. They got the Buccaneers. They got the Bills. And they end the season with the Ravens. So, a lot of tough teams. Uh, it's going to be quite the uphill battle for Cincinnati. I still think they can do it. Um, but between their uh, passing offense looking stagnant, I mean – I think the Bengals, if you look at their top three guys when all healthy, I think they've got the best three wide receiver starting set in the game. Higgins would probably be somebody's number one or at least a real strong number two. Jamar Chase, out of this world rookie season, I think he's probably one of the five or six best receivers in the league right now. 
Tyler Boyd's a solid possession guy. He's your number three guy. So, I mean, I really don't see too many teams matching up with them when all healthy. But, yeah, they got to get that together, and they've got to protect Burrow or else they're in for a long season as well with whoever their backup's going to be because inevitably taking that much punishment, Burrow's going to miss some time. So they got to get that together. Um, I, I still think they can do it, but, I mean, you got to start winning games. I mean, the Steelers, I can, I can forgive that one because it's the Steelers. They always play division games tough. But, I mean, honestly, they should have beaten the Cowboys. Cowboys didn't have Dak Prescott. I mean, Cooper Rush, granted, 2-0 as a starter. But, I mean, I don't know if that was more a reflection of how bad the Bengals are right now or is Cooper Rush a solid backup NFL quarterback. I don't know. I'll leave that up to you guys to decide that one. Um, kind of curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, hey, you know, we want to hear from you guys. I want to hear your takes on this stuff, too. Who's been the most disappointing team in the NFL so far? Uh, who was the biggest choke artist of week two? Uh, please chime in. Hit us up on the old Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Shoot us an email. Couchpotatopodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. Give us your, t- your thoughts. Huh? Maybe, maybe I'll read them on air. Who knows? Um, the last big story of the week, I think, is uh, the Trey Lance injury. Uh, Trey Lance, unfortunately, suffered a season-ending ankle injury, I think, with about two or three minutes to go in the first quarter. So his season's been derailed. Uh, I did not know this, but he has not played a full season of football since 2019. Uh, His uh, 2020 season got cut short due to the pandemic, so I think he only got his pro day to show his skill set. He didn't get to play against anybody in that. I think he was in some of the all-star games. Yeah, he was. I think he was in the senior bowl that year. So he was able to play against some people, but it's not a full season. And then, of course, last year he got to play a couple games when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, but he only played a handful of games. So if he comes back fully healthy and the 49ers decide they want to give him the starting job, he would have been four years removed from his last full college football season going into 2023. I don't know about you guys, but that's a long time to sit and watch and not get in there against uh, game-ready competition. I mean, the kid's got – obviously, he's got some skills. I think he could be a good, uh, productive NFL quarterback. The 49ers have weapons. I think Kyle Shanahan's got a brilliant offensive mind, so I think he'll know how to utilize him best. But I don't know, the Trey Lance experiment's looking not so good for the 49ers right now. But I think that – They'll be okay. I still think they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. They they decided to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, which now is looking like a shrewd move by GM John Lynch. He's going to be playing out the rest of the season. And uh, I don't know for those of you that forgot, Jimmy Garoppolo was their quarterback last year when they went to the NFC title game. He was uh, rumored to be getting traded. Uh, he was one of the many names that got bandied about as going – Somewhere he eventually settled on a renegotiated deal so he didn't get cut to be the team's backup, and now he's going to be the starter this year. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do just fine. I think he's going to be in the market to cash in this next offseason. 
So, I mean, good move on the 49ers. I still think San Francisco is probably the third or fourth best team in the NFC. I think they have a strong shot at getting to the Super Bowl. I don't think they really lose anything with Jimmy G. So, hey, good for you, man. You bet on yourself. And unfortunately, I mean, I you know, we'd like to have seen the circumstances be better. But, hey, Jimmy G, uh, going to play yourself into a big payday. You play like you did last year. So, uh I think those are the three big stories of the week. I mean, if you guys and gals have anything that I missed, let me know. Kind of curious about too. Those are what I thought would be the most impactful for the whole season. That's kind of how I look at it from the prism of uh, the big stories of the week, how they're going to impact the entire season. That's kind of why I left the, the Lattimore-Mike Evans fight out. I don't think it's going to have huge ramifications in the season outside of the fact you're going to hear – about it nonstop when those two teams play each other again, which I believe is going to be much later in the season. I think they're playing a week 15 or 16. But, yeah, uh, those are my top stories for the week. Um, we did something on the show last week where we did our power rankings. Now, our power rankings are a little different than what you would read or listen to on ESPN. They kind of judge the teams on a whole how they think they're going to be for the season. Uh, we kind of do it as the five best teams of the week. Um, so that's how they are. Um, a lot of shuffling on my end as far as the uh, the best teams of the week. Uh, number five, Green Bay. Um, I thought they were probably one of the best teams going into the season. Had a very rocky start uh, to week one where they got shellacked by the uh, Vikings. Um, but I think uh, – they realized the powers that be. Your two best playmakers on offense right now are Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Let's let's have those guys play together a lot. So Aaron Jones had a huge game. A.J. Dillon uh, had a good game as well. So, I mean, I think that's probably the best course of action. I think uh, they – it was even said – Matt LaFleur even came out and said, like, yeah, I kind of regret not getting those guys more involved in the offense – I think he kind of made up for that this week. I think that's probably how you're going to see the Green Bay Packers going forward. I think as the season grows and these receivers like Dobbs and uh, Watson, they kind of grow into the role. I uh, They did get Alan Lazard back this week too, so they're going to be a little bit stronger as the season goes on, as these receivers develop. But uh, I got the Packers number five. They look really good against a team that they obviously should have beaten anyways. But as we have found out, Early on in the season, a lot of teams aren't doing what they're supposed to do, take care of business against the teams that they should beat. So uh, I got them at number five. The Dolphins I have at number four. Uh, to his best game of the year and his best game as a professional quarterback by far. I think we're really going to find out what they're made of next week. Uh, they go up against the Buffalo Bills in a fantastic matchup. Uh, I wish they could flex the game's uh, earlier in the season because I easily think that that would, would be the Sunday night game of the week. Um, but, yeah, they look really good. Uh, two of through six touchdown passes on Sunday. Incredible performance against a team that's usually pretty good on the defensive side of the ball. But, yeah, uh, that could change. I have them at number four this week. Uh, number three is the Eagles. Uh, kind of flown under the radar, no pun intended, but the Eagles have looked fantastic so far this year. I watched a lot of the Vikings and Eagles game on Monday night, 
Uh, I have a, quite a bit of my fantasy team invested in that game. I have Jalen Hurts as my quarterback. I used my number one overall pick on uh, Justin Jefferson. So I had a lot of uh, stake in that game, but the Eagles looked fantastic. Uh, Jalen Hurts looks like uh, what he really needed was a reliable offensive passing threat, and they got that in A.J. Brown this year. Uh, I think with the Cowboys losing Dak, uh, I think the Eagles have a legitimate shot to make a deep playoff run this year if that offense keeps clicking the way it does. Defense still pretty solid. I mean, I think Kirk Cousins just is not a very good Monday night quarterback. It seems like he always shits the bed on Monday night. So I could just chalk it up to he just is he prefers to play on Sunday. Uh yeah, they, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, they look so bad they dropped out of my top five. Uh, they could have easily stayed up there if they would have had a solid performance. But yeah, the Eagles looked fantastic on Sunday. Uh, clicking on all cylinders. They were, always had a good running game. They just never had really the passing game to do uh, go along with it. Uh, Jalen Hurts looks like he's finally taken the steps to be a top-notch NFL quarterback, which uh, is scary for a lot of teams in the NFC. So got the Eagles at number three. Uh, two and one remain unchanged. Uh, Chiefs still number two. Uh, wasn't the greatest game from Patrick Mahomes, but they took care of business. They beat a very good L.A. Chargers team. Uh, Could have easily went the other way. Uh, I think Justin Herbert made the slight mistake of going to a uh, tight end who had just caught like a 40 or 50-yard pass and then went right back to him in a two-minute drill and it kind of paid for it. Because, I mean, you could tell Jared Everett was just completely gassed when he threw that ball. Because, like, he made no effort to make that catch at all. Um, but Chiefs at number two. Of course, number one is the uh, Buffalo Bills. Still taking care of business. They beat up on the Tennessee Titans on Monday night, which uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about uh, the Monday night doubleheaders? I've only been accustomed to those that uh, – the beginning of the year, they always had it as the first game of the season. Sounds like we're going to have three this year. So it's kind of cool for football fans to get one less game on Sunday, but it means there's more on Monday night. I guess the only thing that kind of sucks is you kind of have to flip back and forth between the games a lot. But Buffalo steamrolling the Titans, they still look fantastic. They still look like right now the early season team to beat in the NFL my Super Bowl pick so far is looking pretty good. Of course, we still got a lot of territory to cover. Still got a lot of games yet to be played. And But, yeah, the Buffalo Bills are looking fantastic. Uh, got a lot to be excited for up there in Buffalo. Um, so that is my top five teams of the week. Um, since Lucas is not on the episode this week uh, and we're recording this a little later than usual, I usually record these on Tuesday night because I like to get all the NFL games in. We can kind of give our reactions based on the full week. Last night, I don't know if it was uh, Mercury retrograde, which I don't know how that affects everybody in my house. It seems like all this weird shit starts happening, Uh, whether it's a full moon or what. I don't know, but uh, had all kinds of issues. Uh, I'm getting phone calls right in the middle of recording. Uh, Damn cat pops up my window, starts calling at my window last night when I was recording, and by the time I got settled in to do it, it was almost 11 o'clock, and I I have a 9-to-5 gig that I still have to get up and go to every day. If you guys want to send me money so I can 
Cordy's. If you like what you hear, that'd be awesome. Uh, shoot me a private message. I'll send you my, I have a Venmo, I have a PayPal, Apple Pay, whatever you want. I even take checks too. So uh, want me to earn a living by doing this? I'll mean send me your monies. I'm always, I'm easily bought. I give you as much content as you want for the right price. Uh, but I decided since uh, we're recording this a little late, uh, and it's just me tonight, kind of wanted to give uh, the marquee games of week three coming up, which uh, I looked at the schedule and with the way some teams have been playing so far, the schedule's not as great as it could be, but there are two fantastic games to choose from. Uh, I think the best game of the week or the most anticipated game of this week has got to be the Buffalo-Miami matchup. I think this is the game where we find out whether Miami's for real. Uh, Josh Allen looks like the Buffalo Bills have just been a buzzsaw, just ripping through everybody. Looks like they're not afraid of anybody. And it's going to make the AFC East very interesting. I think it's going to be a very fun game. Uh, If Miami plays on offense like they did last week, it's going to be an absolute shootout. That game is actually a 1 o'clock game on CBS, so a lot of you guys and the gals in the Miami and Buffalo area should get this. Uh, Unfortunately, I'll probably be saddled with the Jets and the Bengals as I live in the Ohio area, so I get to suffer through that game. And uh, I'm counting down the days until DirecTV loses the Sunday ticket package. I've never been a fan of it. Uh, I hope that Streamer gets a hold of it utilizes uh, what you can do in the streaming world now uh, to make that presentation much better. So I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah, until that's a thing, I'm kind of stuck with whatever the local channels give me. So, yeah, it's probably going to be the Bengals and the uh, Jets, although they should make an option where you can pay. Like, if you want to pay a couple bucks, we'll give you access to whatever game you want. So that might be a red zone day. Um. The other big game, I think, anyways, is the uh, this is probably going to be the Fox Sunday afternoon game of the week. Uh, we've got the Buccaneers and the Packers. Um, Tampa Bay's coming in that game two and zero. They're obviously going to be hurting quite a bit, especially in that receiving core. Uh, Green Bay's defense is pretty good, even though they didn't really show it in Week One. They bounce back big in Week Two. Uh, so I'm kind of curious to see how this game shakes out. I personally think that the Packers are going to come out on top. I don't think uh, Tampa Bay's played that great so far this year. They've looked very stagnant. Tom Brady just, I don't know what's going on with him. It could be personal issues, but that Tampa Bay, there's just something missing in that Tampa Bay offense, and I think they're primed to be upset by the Packers, if you want to call it that. But uh, that's uh, what I'm picking as the two games of the week. Um, Monday night games a little intriguing too. Uh, Giants and the Cowboys. Giants off to a two and zero start, kind of surprising. They beat the Titans. I don't know if that's a reflection of the Titans being very bad or whether the Giants may have finally turned a corner. I do know I do like what Brian Dayball is doing over there. Seems to have injected some spunk into that team. Uh, maybe this is the year uh, Dan, Danny Dimes finally turns into something. I'm not super optimistic. I think once you are a mediocre NFL quarterback, you're always going to be an NFL quarterback on the mediocre scale. But I don't know. But, um, yeah, hopefully I didn't ramble on uh, too long there. 
gang. Uh, I usually don't like doing these by myself. I always like to bounce a conversation off of someone else. Uh, hopefully, Lucas will be back this week. I know he's uh, he's in referee mode right now. A lot of uh, soccer uh, tournaments and stuff starting up in the area since uh, school's now in full swing here. So, try to make a little extra scratch since he's got the family and all. Can't fault him for that. So, uh, hopefully, he'll be back next week. Uh, I know we will be back next week with a brand-new episode. Uh, probably going to react to NFL Week 3. Uh, I also wanted to ch- chime in uh, as I'm recording this. Uh, those of you that have listened to the show know that I am a huge wrestling fan. I'm still a very big fan of the AEW product, and I am currently missing arguably the biggest AEW show of the year that's not a pay-per-view, the Grand Slam, which they are going to crown an interim champion. So I'm probably going to touch on that too. Uh, I think that's going to be pretty interesting to see what they do. Uh, when I post this, please no spoilers. As soon as I get done recording this, I'm going to go in and watch it. So I'll have plenty of thoughts on that. Maybe I'll bring Will back. A lot of you guys that listen really seem to like Will. He enjoyed being on the show as well. So maybe we'll bring him back to talk about it too because I know he's been texting me a little bit about uh, what's going on. I have to tell him, like, listen, dude, you're going to have to wait, man. I'll be ready to talk about it in the morning. So, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, appreciate you guys for stopping by and listening to me ramble on for 40 minutes. So, do appreciate it each and every week. So, uh, until next week, I'll talk to you guys later. And that will do it for today's episode. We hope you guys and gals enjoyed what you heard. Be sure to follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to get all the latest show updates. If you did like what you heard today, please leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. We drop episodes each and every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on a single episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. So until next Tuesday, we will talk to you guys later.